1: Pack your bags with high quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to Quince.com/slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
2: Sans Pants Radio, Australia's most cowardly podcast network. Hello and welcome to Scaredy Boys, a podcast where three cowardly friends discuss horror movies. I'm Damien. I'm Sean. And I'm Tom. And for this episode, we watched a nightmare on Elm Street. <sighs> A Nightmare on Elm Street is a 1984 slasher film written and directed by Wes Craven. It features Nancy and her friends who begin to suffer violent nightmares, which all feature one common element, a disfigured serial killer with a glove made of razors. When one of the group is murdered while asleep, Nancy realizes that she must stay awake and try to uncover the truth behind the phantasmic killer called Freddy Krueger. <laughs> what a premise. <laughs> it's
3: so cool. What a concept.
4: Oh. My first taste of it was on The Simpsons. Yes. <laughs> Yo, that's, I was about to say, the idea of having this as a thing is terrifying, and I think it was terrifying for me when I saw the episode of The Simpsons where Groundskeeper Willie, <laughs> even though that's done for laughs, the idea of having someone who can get into your dreams to kill you is the fucking worst. It is
2: awful. Oh, it's and I think we've talked about this before, but the Sim- because we are all genuine scary boys, um, The Simpsons' Treehouse of Horrors was generally our entranceway into horror, like that is that that is where I would say ninety percent before this podcast about ninety percent of my horror knowledge came from, and it was really only to the <laughs> it was really only to the extent of like of oh, that character did that, not the actual background of the real horror stories.
3: <laughs> I remember when I started film school, and the lecturer was like. Um- have you seen many Stanley Kubrick films and I was like, well I've watched the Simpsons. <laughs> that was just by taste of all that of it. That is so
2: great. They
4: did a good job really. They
2: did. Like they're good, they're good homages. As
4: you get older you realize like how often they do it. Like I reckon I've seen every Hitchcock film because I've seen the Simpsons. Mm. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
2: <laughs> Have any of you ever been disappointed by the real version because you've seen the Simpsons version which you enjoyed so much? Oh.
3: Oh, I'm sure there would be one because they've done mm. so many different movies, but I can't really. No, nothing jumps out off the top yeah. of my head. If the Simpsons do it, it's generally because it's a a classic or a, like a well-regarded film. Although they, I'm sure they do. Would trash you argue too. their yeah. version of Dracula
2: is better than? Coppola's Dracula. Oh, I was just thinking that because that 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 vignette, that what fifteen minute vignette, if that yeah. is so packed full of hilarity, oh, that's it's ridiculous. It's one of the best episodes of The Simpsons ever. I think that's your favorite. Well, don't judge
3: it, Tom. Don't judge it before we watch the uh, Coppola Dracula. <laughs> it could blow your
4: mind. Yeah, but I know that at least in The Simpsons, the accents are pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you got Keanu Reeves to look forward to. Oh boy. <laughs> That man is, you know, it's amazing that, you know, he did that and then he was still able to go on and become like John Wick. <laughs> Those two side by side is
3: hilarious. Can you imagine John Wick fighting um, his Jonathan
4: Harker? Be over in two seconds. John Wick <laughs> fighting Gary Oldman's Dracula. <laughs> John Wick would win. Oh, abs- of course John Wick would win. Have you seen him? He's John Wick. John Wick has taken on
3: such a mythic Sort of thing now in cinema that like you see him pop up on lists of like characters versus each other. It's like John Wick versus the Terminator. <laughs> oh like, shit! There's no way he should be able to
4: win that fight. Right? But I mean, he probably no, would. I think. I think John Wick would win every. I think John Wick would be able to beat Freddy Krueger as well because John Wick has something that none of these other villains have, and that is that John Wick a doesn't know when to stop, and b mm. is the most resourceful motherfucker. <laughs> He'd kill Terminator by like just the Terminator think he's terminated him and then John Wick could come back, like be alive still and blow his head off. He'd willingly meditate to go to a deeper sleep to kill Freddy Krueger. <laughs> Do it on purpose. I wonder
3: if I underestimate Freddy Krueger based purely on one thing and that's the way that he runs after people. <laughs> yes. like, when I see that, I just go, I'm getting away. Right, or, I- not even that. I'm like, I think I think I could just take him. I think I could yeah. punch him. He runs like a <laughs> moron. <laughs>
2: It is hard to take him seriously where he's got those lanky arms flailing about beside him. <laughs> is it deliberate? Yeah, it is deliberate because he's like, well, he's an interesting villain. So, I was doing the usual research before this. And originally, Wes Craven wanted him to be like a, a bigger, bulkier kind of a guy. Um, I can't remember. There was someone else <laughs> they were going to have first. I think it was literally the guy who was in Halloween, the actor whose name I have no idea on. But basically... Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> <laughs> but then they've got... they. He saw Robert... Engled, is that how you say his name? England, yeah, England. I think Rob, and our mate Rob, our mate Rob, <laughs> yeah, Robbie. And basically, somehow he managed to get an audition, and just the the gleeful jubilancy of his performance won Craven over. And like, all right, done. That's who he is now.
3: <laughs> that's cool.
4: I like it though. That checks out, and I think I think that's better. I think it'd be so because I think you got to remember at the time that you get this, you've already had yeah, you've already had Halloween, haven't you? And yeah. you've already had. Friday the thirteenth. Correct. So you've already had big lumbering villains. To yeah. have a villain who is weedy, but so much more dangerous because he can literally become anything and do anything, yeah. and he's creepy and lecherous. It's he's like okay, yeah. Look, you probably could take him on in a fight. Mm. The minute you punch him, your arm <laughs> then melts into his body because all of a sudden he's a pit of acid. Yeah. Oh damn That's it. True. <laughs>
3: This is probably a good one for us because we're sort of on the fringe of horror because we're cowards. But Mm. I think for me, particularly growing up, Freddy Krueger's probably the most iconic horror villain ever. Yeah. Like, he's right up there, surely.
2: Oh, yeah. I remember, like, we've talked often about- the old days when we used to go to video stores. And this was when I was peak scaredy boy. Like, the, even just looking at the cover <laughs> of a horror movie would, would turn my stomach. Like, it was honestly like I was just so... I Like, it's fear is such a funny thing because I think so much of it comes from the idea of... Your idea of what the fear is going to be as well as just the idea of being afraid itself. Yeah. So, it's not even whatever's going to happen on the screen. It's just... Knowing that I'm going to be in a state of fear as well as whatever's going to happen on the screen, which of course is built up to much bigger proportions than like if little me had known old lanky arms Kruger (laughs) running down after me, I don't think I would have been that scared. I would have been like, oh, oh, okay. (laughs) But saying that, so then, but I did see the cover. And thought it was the worst thing ever and I wanted no, no part of it. And I remember that sticking the idea of the the image of Freddy, which is exactly what it's meant to do. Like the burnt face, the knives on the gloves, all of it is there to, to you sort of just, you're meant to be a bit riled against. I even read that um, for the colours, the red and the, the green on his sweater... So, originally, it was going to be red and yellow, which was based off of Plastic Man, a, a DC <laughs> hero, for some reason, Craven wanted him to have the same top as Plastic Man. <laughs> but then he read, like, a in Scientific America or something like that, that red and green, that combination was the most sort of disjointing combination for the human spectrum. Really? So, that's why he
4: chose to put it together. That's- that's wild considering that is traditionally the colors of Christmas. <laughs> yes. Like every Christmas, your brain just shits itself. I always just assumed it was
3: like a Christmas reference. Like, kids see him and think of Christmas, and then he kills them. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. I mean, there is that saying, red and green should never be seen. That's
4: it. That's it. I'm, I'm just looking now, and I'm like, Google has red and green. The app that I'm using to record this, the record and play button are red and green. So, mm. scientists, one, you're wrong. Where's Craven. You're still <laughs> right, though, because Freddy's fucked.
3: Just on red and green should never be seen. I always grew up thinking that it was... Um, blue and green should never be seen unless with something in between. That's funny.
2: You could have, you could literally have any color and green should never be seen. Who knows? Ribes are stupid. Hey,
3: I'm wearing a green jacket. I've lived my life by that principle. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I'd never want to combine greens and blues. Oh, mate, what's the color of the planet? Been living a lie. You have.
4: I'm wearing green and blue right now. I'm wearing a pair of blue jeans and a green jumper. How does that make you feel, it's Sean? It's making me uncomfortable. <laughs> You're rocking it too, mate. You're looking good. I oh, thanks, Damon. Thanks. I wasn't fishing, but thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So another thing I want to talk about was the the glove itself. Um, So Wes Craven had said that he just wanted a very iconic kind of weapon, which it definitely turned out to be. And he kind of tried a bunch of different uh, weapons. I can't remember what all of them were. But he basically chose that one because he had... um, he was studying primal fears in in the subconscious of people of all cultures. He was reading something about this, and basically discovered that the the idea of being attacked by animal claws was something that was in humans of all cultures. What I what I love that's really cool. I love how deeply he researched it mm. because
3: I imagine like a lot of filmmakers would just come in and be like, "Oh yeah, I think that's scary," but he's like scientifically looked into certain right. aspects and how to create fear. And obviously, it's worked because it's such an iconic film with. You know, it's lasted... It'll last forever. People are going to be talking about this
4: movie for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, we come at this having, you know, talked early on about The Simpsons riffed on it. Rick and Morty have riffed on it. You've got, like, Mm. Freddy versus Jason. The idea of Freddy Krueger's sort of been around for ages. But, like, imagine seeing, like, this for the first time would have blown your fucking ass out of your (laughs) brain. Like,
0: the idea of taking
4: the the slasher and putting it in a dream (laughs) and twisting reality and, like... Wes Craven loves, like, hearing the story about the research highlights to me that Wes Craven, A, loves what he's doing and he's really mm. good at it with that same kind of, like, care and level of detail and innovativeness that, like, a um a Jordan Peele has, I suppose, now.
2: Yeah, 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 I think so too because even, like, having that lanky Freddy Krueger and the the delight and glee that he kind of has while he's tormenting the people... Like, that was purposely meant to be subverting it because, like we said, up until then, you had Halloween. You had all these stoic, silent, just ever-approaching sort of villains where now you're having one who's running around with lanky arms, noodle arms all over there, and he's loving every minute of it. And, like, there is an element which is, like, as much as it's sort of a bit laughable because the special effects, especially around the arms, weren't great, (laughs) but the idea of someone just taking pure joy in tormenting you and and who has all the power in that situation, that is pretty fucking... Terrifying. Yeah, he's cut
4: kinda- of I love that his name's on his hat too.
2: <laughs> yeah, he had it sewed into his
4: <laughs> makes him a really powerful villain. Yeah. <laughs> just property of F. Kruger. Just in case anyone tries to steal his hat from his dream, they yeah. can give it back I mean, to him. But even just to give a villain a trilby and have that as part of their
2: ensemble, wonderful. But again, it becomes iconic. Yeah, true enough. True enough. Um and another thing I want to talk about, Tom, because you mentioned, you know, seeing this f- for a first-time watcher seeing this. So I obviously was a first-time watcher. I hadn't seen this before. And it starts off when we're following Tina. <laughs> so, Tina, we're watching Tina have a dream about a man sharpening his claws. And then she sees him down in the boiler room, wakes up, goes to school, tells her friends. You get a bit of an insinuation. Oh, they've all kind of had the same dream. And then, and then they all come to her house to comfort her and make sure she's all right for the night, blah, blah, blah. And then she gets horribly killed. And I was there. I I I fell right into what was so deliberately Wes Craven's trap of, "Hey, here's our protagonist. No, no, Tina's the one. Tina's the one who's going to do it." So when she died, I was a bit like, I looked to you lads, and I was like, "What the fuck just happened? That is that is this a dream
4: within a dream? Like I don't know what's going on." Which is so exactly what it's meant to be doing. I mean, she also breaks the first rule of slasher in that she she fucks, uh, (laughs) and you can't fuck.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and pretty pretty quickly with a pretty big piece of shit.
4: Well, I mean, does he suck? Is he a bet ba- like? Yeah. No, he's, he's no good. He's, he's no nothing. good. He's not for her. He's no good. He's no not. Good. that it matters anymore. Oh, can we talk about the the, the boyfriend we all want to have, which is young Johnny Depp in a crop top? <laughs> oh, oh,
2: oh, oh. The midriff of young Johnny Depp stole the show.
4: The fact that there's all the like the fact that the '80s are back in vogue in like TV shows. Ooh. The fact that I've never watched Stranger Things and seen Steve Harrington wear a crop <laughs> is infuriating. It
2: would have been too much, Tom. It would have. People's brains would have melted if they saw Steve Harrington in a crop top. It would have been too much for everyone.
4: It was look, to me, I was super turned on and then he got turned into blood soup and I immediately was turned <laughs> off. So Wes Craven had to temper it out there. Otherwise I would have died, I think, from being too attracted to Johnny Depp's midriff. <laughs> hey um just on the on
3: Tina us sort of believing she's the protagonist, I saw an interesting discussion actually by C. Robert Cargill. Um where he he talked about the beauty of the way Wes Craven did that is because it's not just Tina in that first. What would we say? Is it the thirty minutes or is it a bit less? It's probably twenty minutes. I think it's tw- twenty minutes. About, probably twenty. About twenty is when Tina yeah. gets. But in that killed. twenty yeah. minutes, Nancy's there for for pretty much most of it. So it's not mm. like Cargill's um, point is. Yep. He's seen horror movies do it, where they do the old, oh the old fake out, and then here's a new protagonist, and they just shove them down your throat mm. twenty, thirty minutes into a movie, and you don't care because there's this disconnect. Right. But the beauty of it is that Nancy's there the whole time; she's the unheralded friend, and suddenly she's thrust into the spotlight, and that's why mm. it works, which I thought was
2: interesting. I thought that's yeah, that is very interesting, and and I really liked the the character of Nancy, like as and again for its time, like this movie is literally older than any of us. <laughs> But they had Nancy be so fucking competent right from the get-go. Like, everything she was doing made sense. Like, us as a viewer, we weren't going, oh, look out behind you, or why would you go in that room, or any of the other things you can yell out while watching horror films. Like, she was just trying to sort it out quick and fast. And I thought it was awesome. I thought, like, I just, like, well, I wasn't ready to be impressed by this teenage girl tackling this child murderer. But she was kicking ass. She just seems yeah. too powerful. Some of the
3: frustration as a viewer comes from watching her be so capable and everyone else around her is just really shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. oh, and you can just You're on her
4: side so much because yep. you're like,
3: just help her out, yep. please.
4: It, it builds empathy. And that, I guess that's the point you're saying is that, yes, we get a new protagonist, even though she's there for the the whole time. Mm. To quickly build empathy with her, you have everyone else around her be so shit. At, oh, yeah. Like, depth's fallen asleep. Her dad, no one believes her. Her parents are lying to her. Again, can we just quickly address the fact that her mum was privy to a murder Mm. and kept part of the remains? (laughs) I hadn't considered that. So I even read that
2: in an extended cut, which obviously they removed, the mum was actually even the one to pull the trigger before they burnt him. So she was literally keeping... Like, she's a bit of a serial killer. They're like, you're keeping a, a reminder of the wonderful day you had murdering
4: someone. <laughs> she, she's kept a trophy. She, yeah. <laughs> now she, she's got two now. She's got the hat and she's got the gloves. Oh, shit, she does too. Oh, man.
2: She's having the best day of her life.
4: Why would she keep
3: that?
2: Right. A, a reminder of someone who terrorized their neighborhood, apparently. Yeah. Why would you keep is it that?
3: Implied, is it implied that in her keeping it, that's why Freddie is targeting her kid? And, and and those children. Well, no, he's targeting everyone. But if is it a situation, for instance, where if she didn't, if
2: she'd gotten rid of that, this wouldn't happen. Do they imply that at all? I don't think Maybe. they do. Ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't think. So. I think it is more that, or like basically, neighborhood watch got together and decided to murder someone the, the police couldn't deal with, or that got away because of uh, some something wrong with the paperwork. So that's what I it was. It, was paperwork? Yeah, <laughs> literally, like someone <laughs> didn't sign something or something fucking ridiculous, which would probably that they spelt Freddy wrong. <laughs> they spelt Freddy I E instead of with a Y, any he so They would have
3: messed up. They would have messed up the spelling of Kruger, for yeah, sure.
2: It, oh yeah. <laughs>
4: hey, what are you talking about? Kruger's a hard name to spell. I don't know if it's R E or R U E. It's so complicated.
3: <laughs> just imagine those cops just be like, ah, well. <laughs>
4: Ah, but let this kid murderer get back out on the street. I don't know why I don't know why they're in Brooklyn when they're clearly not in no. Brooklyn in the movie.
1: How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment.
3: And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST.
2: (laughs) Do you know another interesting thing I read is obviously it's called Nightmare on Elm Street. At no point does anyone ever in the movie say Elm Street. Do
3: they show, like, the sign, a street sign? I don't remember they, it. They, I can't it's, remember It's it. where they all live, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's, it's where they, they live, yeah. It's, it's where they live. It's
2: verbalised at any point. Yeah. It probably is a sign, Carney. I can't remember from our watch, but I do find it weird that for the title of the film, it's never sort of brought up more often that they all live on Elm Street.
4: Just Nancy turns around, eyeballs the camera and goes, This is like a nightmare on Elm Street, the street <laughs> where I live. I, I would love to. it would have improved the ending.
2: Let's let's get to that ending right now because that ending <laughs> was no good. It's dog shit. Well
4: it's no okay. It's not dog shit. I don't hate it. The more I've thought about it, I don't hate it. It's jarring though, and I think it's jarring mm. because you want her to win and she doesn't.
2: Yeah. Right.
4: And that's As sucks. well as it, it's,
2: the ambiguity, yeah. She deserved a win because she was very competent. Like, I like the fact that he wasn't targeting her. He was targeting all the teenagers in the neighborhood. It was just that she was the only one who was willing to kind of do what it takes. She was hiding a fucking coffee pot under her bed from her mum. Like, she was committed <laughs> to taking it down. So, yeah, I, I think that's part of what it is. And I read, and you guys might have heard this as well, but basically that wasn't the ending Wes Craven had planned for the film. Oh, really? Yeah, New Line Cinema, who who produced the film, their head, Robert Shea, wanted a twist ending. So he wanted, oh, Kruger disappears, and it all seems to have been a dream, but it's a dream within a dream and this sort of shit. So basically Wes Craven had an ending where her turning her back on him did the trick, and basically then she woke up and all her friends were okay, and it basically was one huge dream sequence, which, look, maybe not the best ending, but at least she would have won the day. It's way better. It's
4: better, right? It is better. I think I think the idea is that New Line, and obviously this is, you know, we know that there are sequels to this movie that Wes Craven wasn't necessarily involved in, that he didn't necessarily like because he hmm. wanted it to end. And then he comes in and does a new nightmare, which is like the fourth one, I think, or the fifth one or whatever it is. And it basically just pokes fun at all of the dumb ones before it. But yeah, so it makes sense that the studio heads are like, no, 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 keep him around. Because mm. you've got, like, if I'm making money, you've just given me one of the most interesting different characters in, like, horror. Yeah. And he, obviously, the legacy of Freddy Krueger is that there's so many movies, so many riffs. Mm. He teams up and fights Jason, like, yeah. you know, they, they, they used him a lot. And I I get the desire to do that. But saying that, like, I wanted to look- win.
2: I want him to win, and I think they could, have had the, they could have just done what Hammer Horror did with Dracula, whereas like, fuck it, reinvent the law, especially a character like Freddy Krueger who lives within dreams. Like, you can rework that any number of different ways. So, to take that win away, I don't know. For me personally, it was like, oh, that defeated the rest of the film, which I really, really thoroughly enjoyed. I agree with you on that, Damo. Uh, also, the end just feels
3: ambiguous, like... Yeah, the credits roll, and I'm like, well, I... Is that a dream? Yes. What was a dream? Is she actually alive? Are they all alive? What is the ending? I just wanted a clear-cut
4: yeah. ending. And it would have probably been a 5-star movie. Yeah. Meet.
2: Yeah, it was pretty close. It was a good time.
4: But but I guess at dreams within dreams is a kind of a nice thing. The fact that like at, you know, at the end of Inception, you don't know what's real True. and what's
2: not. True. True. Yeah. But I
4: don't know. I guess just because yeah, he was such
2: like they built him to be such an awful person like he literally murdered children while alive and then he got killed and then continued to murder children with just the biggest smile on his face like he's a piece of shit he deserves to be killed hey if you're good at something don't just give up because you're dead there's a lesson for all of us there yeah he's he's, he's a fucking hero i'm sorry i take it all back all right well i'm gonna ask the question were we scared uh i will say no but
3: there are a couple of gruesome sequences i wouldn't say scared but i was i was shocked and i don't know maybe more impressed i was impressed by like johnny depp's death for instance which is just like a fucking tornado of blood now (laughs) and also um early on tina crawling up the
4: wall and like oh yeah sort of had like an exorcist
3: sort of vibe to it which was pretty freaky
4: yeah, both of those were good I bets. mean, any time a character's starting to get drowsy, while I wasn't scared, any time a, st- a character was, like, starting to fall asleep, I'd, I was getting tense. Yeah, I was getting nervous. When Nancy's in the bath and you're like, oh, this isn't going to go well for you, love. Yeah. This is not going to go well for you at all.
2: Yeah, and I do think there is that problem where, because this is such an iconic film, even for someone like me who hadn't seen it before, you do kind of know what you're in for. So, like, that that lingering threat is already answered because you kind of know what the outcome's going to be. But I agree, Tom. There was a few scenes where, for me, it was, like, unsettling at the very least and there was that sort of, that nervousness about them falling asleep. Um, But one of them, for me, was when she was actually at the school and then um, Tina, the one who died first, like, woke up in a body bag and, like, was, like, trying to, like, wave to to Nancy. Something about that, I was like, oh, no, I don't like that. Um and then another yeah. bit was the and I don't even know why it's so weird to try to analyze why something creeps you out and sort of actually gets you but the walking up the stairs where her foot is kind of like sinking in a little bit and it's getting
4: it's like turns oh, like yeah. oh, marshmallow yeah. fluff yep.
2: sort of thing Something about that was so gross and I hated it. And I, I don't even really know why, but I hated it.
4: The, the fact that anytime, anytime someone falls asleep and is in a dream world, I think the dread that I was feeling is that, well, anything can happen. You're, mm. you're asleep. Like the, the carpet can turn to quicksand. He can disappear and appear at will. The, the, thing, the, the creepiest bit there is that bit in the school where she's following the trail of blood and she runs into the hall monitor and it's like, yeah. hang on, is she, oh, yeah. is she awake? Or is she asleep? And then as she runs away, the hall monitor's voice changes to Mm. Freddy's. And you're like, oh no, she's asleep. So, yeah, having that constant thing on edge. And I will just say, again, the thing that scares me, the concept of you have to stay awake in order to survive is terrifying because you're eventually going to fall asleep. Like, you can drink all the coffee in the world. Your body will literally force you to go to sleep eventually or you die anyway. So to... It, it's such a fucking awful rock and a hard place to be in. If you go to sleep, you're fucked. If you stay awake, you're fucked. It's no yeah. good. And then add add to that the fact that your mates have to stay awake as well. Like,
2: one of the things I, I found most nerve-wracking was when Nancy, who was just a boss, I'm, I'm such a big fan of Nancy, was kicking goals. She's down in that coffee like no one's business. While well, across the road, boyfriend is so blasé about the whole thing. He doesn't really believe it. And then mum, at this point, has put... Um, those wire poles on the outside of Nancy's house. So she knows Freddie's going for her boyfriend and there is nothing she can do about it. And the boyfriend, like a dickhead, falls asleep and turns into a geyser of blood. It's probably the best scene. It probably is the best scene. So you guys probably know this. I think, Tom, you mentioned it. But in both that scene and the other one you mentioned, Carney, where Tino sort of gets pulled up the wall, they literally had a whole set that would rotate. It's pretty cool. That's cool. Oh, For that awesome. day and age especially, like, that's unreal. Movie magic. Bloody love that.
4: Love it. So I assume the bedroom sits like this and then when they push the blood out, it's turned upside down by that point so the blood actually shoots Correct. down from the ceiling yes. rather than up from and the And they fork. even,
2: so like, hmm. uh, so normally fake blood is like corn syrup and red dye, but they wanted it to gush so much that they're like, nah, we're just going to colour water because we want it to properly gush out of this, <laughs> out, of the se- out of the bed. And it was it was very impressive. And like, weirdly, like, again, this is one of those scenes where be- while I knew some parts of the Freddy Krueger story, I didn't know that scene. So, when it came, I was a bit like, holy fuck. Like, this just went up to 100. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I wonder how many
2: times they filmed
3: that. Good Ooh, question. Good-
2: because surely, like, that amount of blood and the mess it must make, you're feeling like you only really get one shot at that.
3: I reckon... Yeah, I mean, we say that, but do you remember when we did The Shining and... <sighs> God, I can't remember the stat now, but mm. Kubrick and the the blood coming down the hallway—I yeah, could have sworn true. they filmed that for like nine weeks. Yeah, or but they used shit. models,
4: of course. They would. Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. And Wes Craven doesn't seem like he's a big asshole the way Kubrick was, so I reckon he was like right, because because really, once Johnny Depp's pulled through the bed, there's a delay before the blood comes out. So you could do as many takes of Depp being pulled into the bed, and then do one take of you know just get eight cameras. Film it from as many angles as you like of that blood shooting out of the bed. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, wild. Man. It's I love that I love that in that story universe too, because of that blood, it makes the coroner throw up. <laughs> so when like the cops are investigating the murder, he's like, Where's the coroner? He's like, oh, he's throwing his guts up in the toilet there. <laughs> yeah. Like a coroner who's around dead bodies all the time saw lots of blood and was like, Oh no.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'd love to see in a movie where that happens and they're just like, where's the
4: coroner? Like, he quit. He's <laughs> <Yeah>. gone.
2: <laughs> that was it for him. That is great.
4: There's a TV series in that. It's the story of a coroner in a town that's, like, cursed by, like, yeah, an, uh, a Jason yeah. or a Halloween or an Elm Street. There's just something happening all the time yeah. and he just quits. He's right. like, you know what? Fucking done. Sleepy <laughs> town. Fucking done. Okay? I'm going to go to a town where people get hit by the train, not get eaten by, like... A worm with Freddy's face on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so did our characters act wisely
2: or did they act foolishly?
3: I can't think of many wrong steps that yeah. Nancy took. I think
4: she was pretty great the whole Agreed. way through.
2: My girl Nancy was all over it.
4: I think she may be the smartest character we've had. Big call, yeah. but I, I back it 100%. I
2: yeah. I Icon is like, she so quickly figured out this guy's entering our dreams and trying to kill us, which is... That's a stretch, but she got there pretty quick. In
3: comparison to her, Johnny Depp seems like the dumbest fuck in the world.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he does. <laughs> There's that scene where they're on the bridge together, and she's she's rightfully distraught because so ma- already two of their friends have been killed by this dream monster that is definitely real. Like you can't really deny it at this point, right? And. And he's seen it in his dreams as well, don't forget. Right, yes. And he, then he's always like, kind of like laughs at her at one point and goes, oh, baby, it's going to be all right, blah, blah, blah. Johnny, wake the fuck up, mate.
4: <laughs> Literally, wake <laughs> up. <laughs> well, no, the thing, the thing about him is that he even says on the bridge that he hasn't been sleeping either. So he believes it as well, but not enough. No, nah, no, nah, it's like, well, whatever. What a fucking
2: dickhead.
3: He, des- he deserves to be geysered. <laughs> Johnny's a dumbass because there's the time when he is supposed to stay awake for Nancy. And what does he choose to do? He lays down in his bed and puts his gigantic, really small screen TV <laughs> on his dick and just like, <laughs> yeah. of course you're going to fall asleep. You idiot. He like immediately yeah. falls asleep. What a moron. Like she
2: wakes up, he's still asleep. And she's like, what the fuck were you doing? Yeah. She cut, poor Nancy is so trapped by idiots because there's also the scene where she she comes up with like such a great re- resolve. She pulls Freddie's uh, hat back. No, the hat came from Mum. No, the hat came from no, her. no, the hat that, the hat yeah. came from her. So she figures out that's when out. she realised she could yeah, pull yeah, him through. Right, yep. I can pull him through the dream. Right, that's what I'm going to do. Calls her dad, who's a police officer, literally across the road, cleaning up her guy's boyfriend, and says, 20 minutes, come over. I'll have him for you." And then his stupid ass lieutenant is like, I oh, don't worry about it. It was just your daughter. She's going to go to I told her to go to sleep. Like, you fucking idiot.
4: <laughs> also, like, at this point, like, the mum is also useless. Like, yeah, she's an alcoholic, but she, she has to start believing that it's real. But then she's like, no, you've just got to go to sleep. It's like, mate, you, you set him on fire. And yes. as we learn in later films, the idea of him is he, I'm pretty sure as he's burning, he tells them that he'll come back for their kids. Like, that's his final threat. Right. So, The idea oh, of him coming
3: out. Okay. Is- yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But even like the mum takes her to that, you know, asylum or whatever with the doctor. They, you know, they do the, the test. Yeah. So she sees that it's real. Like, you know, she yeah. wakes up from a dream and she's got yeah. a cut or something, doesn't she? Yeah. And then later they go home. And yeah, the mum's had a few drinks. But the mum's just like, ah, see you in the morning, honey. <laughs> yeah, and don't it's worry. It's like, about it. you are a
4: bad parent. What a fucking idiot. She deserves to
2: die. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that her daughter is pulling out these facts. Of this murderous person who terrorised the neighbourhood That she should have no reason to know And the mum just sort of Acknowledges but then dismisses them And says yep have a good night's sleep So everyone's dumb except for Nancy That is correct Nancy was wise So boys How would we do against Freddy Krueger
4: (sighs) Oh I think we'd okay. I think we're all Nancy because we would all believe in a heartbeat that there is a, a thing that yep. can kill you in your right. dreams. Like, yeah. We, again, as as is as is our greatest strength, is our greatest weakness. Mm. We don't need to overcome the logical leap that right. this is real. We just go, yep, nah, it's real. Fair enough. Yeah. Fuck.
2: Our fear makes us believe because our fear is basically like, well, I don't want to risk it, so I'm just going to go in a hundred percent. Yeah, this must be real because I'm so afraid. Fuck it, it's real.
3: I don't think we can know about how the film pans out, though, were this to happen to us because then yeah. it's too easy for us just to be like, right, we'll all just be in the same room and first chance we get, we'll pull him out of the dream and then we'll just, you know, rough him up. I think it's a little bit too easy, even though it's not easy at
4: all, but do you know what I
2: mean? Yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying.
4: Yeah, I, I think... I think we'd work better than them as well though because we don't have to convince one another that Mm. what's happening. We'd all meet up and be like, did you have that? Fuck, we had the same dream. It felt like he was going to kill. Yeah, (laughs) fuck. To
3: the point point where if if I ever catch up with either of you and a sentence begins with, did you have that? I'll just know straight away. Straight away, I'd be like, oh, (laughs) fuck. Get the weapons. We were on (laughs) here.
2: (laughs) We need to have a murder slumber party today.
4: (laughs) Yeah, I think we team up. We take sleeping shifts. You know, work together. Um, Mm. I'm pretty good. I'm prepared to volunteer to get him out because I'm pretty good if I'm having a bad dream. I'm pretty good at being like, I'm having a bad dream. My fingers are guns. Your
3: fingers are guns?
4: Yeah, if I'm having a bad dream and I'm aware that I'm having a bad... It doesn't always work because sometimes I do the double dream.
2: Yeah,
4: okay. I'm like, oh, it was a bad dream and and then I... Like, I had a scary dream literally a couple of nights ago where I woke up and then couldn't go back to sleep for two hours. But other than that... <laughs> Was Ewan McGregor in it? <laughs> oh, don't. No, he hasn't been around for... Hey, I've got experience being a dream warrior, so I'm prepared to go in and get him out, okay? <laughs> you know, I fought Ewan. Did finger guns
2: work on Ewan McGregor?
4: <laughs> no, nah, I didn't have the finger guns. This is just something that's happened, I reckon, in the last like four or five years. But I reckon I've had on three or four occasions a nightmare mm. where at some point in the nightmare I've realised I'm having an... I'm like, oh, I'm dreaming because this isn't how this works finger guns <laughs> and my guns just shoot bullets all of a sudden my fingers just shoot bullets yeah.
2: see i really like that idea because the part of any stories that deal with dream to me that that really gets me is like if i can know it's a dream and i can take control of the dream then in that sense are we as powerful as freddy in that moment if we can control the dream 100% well yeah right? it's your dream
3: so technically you should be able to dream any kind of weapon or help or anything, really. Right. Yeah, that's something the movie didn't really explore. Mm. It, it technically, it's. I mean, it's kind of like Inception. You are the architect of the dream,
2: right? Yeah.
3: I guess they're so scared though that they don't have control. Mm. They're just basically their whole thing within the dream is I'm being chased by a murderer, and they're just running, and they're so panicked. Yeah, maybe they don't have time to take control. That's true. That would be the way to do it, though, wouldn't it? Yeah. Just learn yeah. how to do lucid dreaming. Yeah, and that's then right. Freddy can't touch you.
2: Right. You got finger guns. <laughs> oh. Thomas Reed over there. We, <laughs> we win.
4: We win. We win. Take that, Freddie. You big dickhead. Well, like, so you, you, we can either pull him out of the dream and right. beat the shit out of him in real life, <laughs> or he stays in the dream and we kill him in the dream. Oh, okay. If you kill him in the dream, is he is that it for him? I don't know. Or is it just
3: like, I'll, I'll see you tomorrow night when you oh, fall asleep again? that's a very again. good point, Karnes. Oh, but if you get so good at controlling the dream world... He's not coming back. Eventually, he'll just... He'll just give up. He'll be like, well, this is fucked.
4: I'm going to the next neighborhood, the next street. Do you know what you do to him? You, yeah. you, um, you're you, Dr. Strange. him. You, you know, I've come to make a bargain. You just oh, keep beating oh, his yeah. ass every single night. He jumps into Sean's head. Sean kicks his ass. Jumps into Damo's head. Damo kicks his ass. And eventually it's like, guys, I'm done. I'm like, yeah, Freddie, fuck off. He retires. He retires. I did just have a thought.
2: <laughs> and stick with me here for a minute. Okay. It's going to get a little weird. But okay. <laughs> I had the thought. Freddie loves a bit of violets. Like, we, that's pretty clear. He gets pretty fucking horny for violets. So what if instead of trying to beat the shit out of him in our dreams, we make it real sexy? Oh. <laughs> we try to...
4: Nah, see, I don't think that works. Because one thing about, I know about Freddie is he loves violence and he is also very fucking horny. So I think if... But he's horny for violets. If, we, if we're tender,
2: <laughs> if we're...
4: We just we just start singing Love Me Tender to him and like <laughs> get, blowing him kisses. Just really fo- like like he bursts into the dream ready to kill one of us, and we're just lying on like a velvet bed, naked, right. chocolate <laughs> spread around our balls.
3: He bursts into the dream, yeah, and you're just exactly, like lighting yeah. a candle and getting dinner ready. It's like, hello, mate. Hey. Oh, hey, Glad Frederick. Um, so <laughs> we Fred- call Frederick. Frederick.
4: <laughs> Oh, hey Frederick, uh, I've just I've just put the uh, I've put the chicken on. The potatoes are almost ready. Uh, would you like a glass of wine? I've got red, white, or a nice rosé. He could cut the chicken with his bloody glove <laughs> yeah, fingers. Yeah. We just we just we just kill him with kindness. Over I the I like
2: it. I think that's our resolve. I think that's how we do it. Damo, this is a good idea. This is a good idea. Work to our strengths. Yeah. We're soft boys. All right, we're done. We're not beating the yeah. shit out of anyone. Done. We beat Freddie.
4: Oh, that's very good. <laughs>
2: And that's all the Scaredy Talk we have for this episode. I've been Damien.
4: I've been Sean. And I've been Tom. If you scary
2: listeners have any comments or would like to say hi or suggest movies for us, you can email us at 3scaredboys at gmail.com or you can find us on Twitter at scaredyboys, Boys or individually, I'm at Midday Pajamas. I'm at Sidekick of Dowie.
4: I'm at Orchid Trade.
2: Stay tender, everyone.